jokes, yeah, it's culture and innovation at the same time. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Comedy Trap House. I am your host, Rome Green Jr. in the building. With me, I got Cam. Yep. And we got a special guest today. Uh, you know, we have a new guest, a first timer on the uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, Cam, I'm going to let you introduce him. Okay, so we've interviewed your mom. Yep. We interviewed your dad. Yep. Did we do your, your grandma? Not your grandma yet? Well, now we have my dad, Earl Miller. Say something to the podcast. Hello, all of the listening audience out there. I'm happy to be here with my son and his business partner, Mr. Rome Green, the host of the show. And uh, I don't know what this is all about, but I'm going to just play along and whatever goes, goes. All right. All right. So he was born May 1st, 1954, right? Correct. In Andrus, Bahamas, population 8,000 as of 2017. It said in 2010 the population was 7,386. So in seven years it grew 600 people. (laughs) So it grew 600 people. So let's start there. How was it growing up in Andrus and just growing up in the Bahamas? Well... Let me give your audience a little taste of what the Bahamas is all about, because people hear about the Bahamas, and they know one thing they have heard about Nassau, uh, which is the capital. Nassau is one of the smallest islands in the, in, in the chain. It's only seven miles wide with 21 miles long. Two-thirds of our population live on that small island, which is just hovering under 400,000 people. So Andrus is the largest island and least populated island. And people would ask me why I love Andres because you don't have to worry about traffic. Matter of fact, there's no traffic lights on Andres. No Andrews. traffic lights. Uh, there's no traffic. Wait, there's, there's no lights. No traffic lights. No traffic lights. So it's just road. It's a road, uh, and mainly on most of the uh, other islands is one main road that cuts right through the heart of, of the island mm. that everybody uses. Of course, you know, we live, uh, our, our place is on the beach, uh, which is uh, the tranquility of it is what we're looking for. And that's what most travelers today are looking for, to get away from the, the big cities where the sirens are bursting and traffic every day. So let me ask you this. If there's no traffic lights, barely people there, in the history of Andrus, has there ever been a speeding ticket issue? I would say <laughs> probably one. <laughs> But, yeah, speeding tickets is something that's really what happened on address. So you can do whatever you want there. Well, I would say it like that. You know, we have laws, but like I said, most people on the, small, on the islands like that with the population so small, they obey the laws. So mm-hmm. you don't have that hassle of, of, of traffic speeding. Well, I mean, you still have some people that speed, but you don't have it in an abundance. And then you don't have it where, like, you're speeding here, you could – crash into something every five seconds it's just open road so you know no traffic no traffic now cam tells me that on this in this no traffic no lights area there's spiders 
uh, everywhere. Um, I don't know if they're everywhere, but but uh, and 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 they're in odd places now. So did you deal with a lot of wildlife growing up, like a lot of uh, bugs, a lot of tropical? <laughs> well, I I moved to the United States right after college, and they have spiders, they have bugs, <laughs> they have everything that Andrews have. But, Can't say it's they don't have those spiders that we had. No, they, y'all had an Andrus. If y'all listening, just put your hand up. That's the size of these spiders. Like I don't know what what type of spider is that. I don't know. Because y'all want to call them Granddaddy Long Legs, but those are not Granddaddy Long Legs that people in the states know. Not those skinny little small spiders. These look almost like teenage tarantulas. Well, the spiders, for example, if you have your house closed up for a while and just say a spider get in and just grow, you know, grow a little bigger than normal, you have them over here, you just, you just don't see them. Just like on Andra's, uh, mosquitoes is a, a, a problem, okay? Oh, because yeah. mosquitoes hatch in settling water. So with little people around and the water settle and they, they have incubating areas that's really good for their growth. Here you have spraying going on all constantly and all of that, just control them. But when you have a small area like that, you can't afford to be spraying like you do here. And so, they, of course, the mosquitoes would be a little bigger because they're not being controlled as much as here. That's, all, that's the only difference. The first time I went to Andrews, I had 24 bites on one hand. I just looked, just on one hand. I, I counted because I was like, this is re-. No one, the people that lived there weren't getting bit. They wanted new blood. So I'm just getting bit up. That was the worst of been the, the first time I went. After though, it wasn't as bad. But I was like, on one hand, I had 24 bites, which was terrible. So how long were you in Andrus before y'all moved to Nassau? Well, the way it worked. Because well, y'all, well, he worked in the lighthouse, our grandfather, so. Yes, he moved around. It's just like uh, you could, you could uh, equate it with somebody who was in the Army that moves around in the United States from just from base to base. And he was in the lighthouse, and he moved around. Now, in Andras, uh, his, his father, his parents live in Andras, so I was born there. I left Andras at an early age. I probably left Andras probably six, seven, because schooling was better in the capital, which is Nassau. And so I went to live with my grandparents in Nassau before Daddy Rose moved to Nassau. And uh, so most of my, uh, I grew up in Nassau, really. So you don't have many memories when you was there early on in Andrus. Uh, yeah, I have memories, but I'm saying I left them in as early, uh, early. But I, but what it is, every summer we went back, so mm-hmm. that's where most of the memories are. With my cousins, all of us went back to the islands and going swimming every day, fishing mm-hmm. and going crabbing and all those kind of things. So that's where most of the memories are. Okay, so me and you, one of our favorite eras is the '60s. So that's when you grew up as a child. How was that? And how was it different in in the islands versus you? I would say the states. Well, I was in Nassau, but still, again, Nassau is an island, even though it's the capital and it's more developed than most of the other islands. But living in in those days where we never lock our doors, Um, everybody knew everybody in the neighborhood. If you needed something, you could reach out, and it was everybody was family. It was a community. It was a community. Yes. Man, we need that back. I'm glad you brought that up. I remember one time you told me y'all used to hitchhike everywhere. Yes. And back then you could hitchhike. Yes. So what's the difference between back then and now? Why why can't I hitchhike now? Why why are people crazy now, not back then? No, I'm saying you can't hitchhike. It's just called Uber. <laughs> but real hitchhike with the thumb with the thumb out. Yeah. Well, like yeah. I said, the difference was uh, you hear the saying all the time: it takes a village to raise a child. And so being a community and everybody's basically family, we looked out for each other. So even with hitchhiking, 
going to school. We had to be to school for nine o'clock. We go on the on the corner on the main road. Uh, any car passing, they just stop and pick you up. You didn't even have the hitchhike. They stop and pick you up because they know you're going to school. Everybody's respectful. It wasn't all this cursing and carrying on where grown folks were. So they pick you up and they'll drop you to school. But why has it changed? Why, why, why was it like that then and not now? Why can't we do that now? Well, because... Can they do that now in Bahamas or no? Oh, they still do a little bit. But even in the Bahamas, it's changing now. You don't pick people up like we used to do back in, in, those, in the 60s. We just, I didn't know you. you, I could see you need a ride, we just stop, you need a ride, pick you up and, and, and drop you off. Now it's too many games going on, people trying to rob you, and it's caught on, people watch televisions, all these tricks and, and things of that nature, so people have to be, try to be as safe as they can. So even though you need help, people pass you, they want to, but then they can't take the chance. So they wasn't robbing back then in the 60s. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> they did, but it wasn't like this. I mean, yeah. you hear about one robbery, but I mean, every day you oh, yeah. hear about robbery now. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Every day somebody's getting shot. And that, those See, things was maybe like, it was every day back then, but you just didn't have TV no, to see. No, no, trust me, we knew everybody, so you would know about it. But let me give you an example. On Andrus, um, uh, somebody came down, it was a Bahamian though, came down to visit, and somebody uh, stole or moved their bicycle, what they were using. So they went to the uh, police, the inspector who was in charge at that time, he, and he was uh, having lunch in the restaurant. So they went to the restaurant, and he said, sit down, and they told him, he said, somebody stole our bike, and like, he wasn't concerned. He said, take a minute. He said, I know who have it, because there's only one person on this island that would steal your bike. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a bad, that's a that's bad criminal. So, so if you're the ran, only one that do crimes, so, you shouldn't be doing crimes. So he ran right there. We got the bike. Well, <laughs> see, I wish it was like that now because Emmanuel got Cam's bike stolen, and we don't know who we don't know who got it. <laughs> the difference was the story you told. I was a kid. I was a grown man when my bike got stolen. So Emmanuel went to a Seven Eleven on my bike right quick. He just went inside real fast. He came out. The bike was gone. He said, this white couple said, was that your bike? He like, yeah. He said, some teenage Mexican guy just took it. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> just stole my bike. Gone. I, I see, you said something about school. You said you had to be in school at 9. How, how long did school last? Was it from 9 to 2? 9 three? to 3. Okay, so that's about the, about, about nine the same. 9 to 3. Is that better? Yeah, that's, I think that's a little better. In high school, it was 9 to 3, but on Fridays, it was 9 to 12. Wait. Every Friday? Every Friday. What? We need to talk to some people because I, I wish we had. <laughs> why? Well, I don't know the reason why, but our high school got out on 12, but it, it worked for us because uh, there was a big uh, club downtown to have matinee. We call it matinee because it was, you know, during the day. So like, like movie theater, like matinee. Yeah. Okay. And so we left school and went straight there and, you know, we'll party uh, and then you could get home really before for dark mm -hmm. so okay so the 60s had a lot of musicians a lot of people did they come to the bahamas perform too i know they went yes. to a lot of colleges yes. and the stuff. bahamas in the 60s was known uh as the playground for the rich and famous so all of the stars all of the stars came to the bahamas mm -hmm. you know and so yeah there was and a where where would they go like uh, there was a famous nightclub called the um, the Cat and Fiddle. That was the name of it. So all of the James <laughs> Brown, all of those stars performed at the Cat and Fiddle. That was that was like the Apollo Theater in New York. So you Bahamas. was too young to go to that though. At that time, I was too young. But uh, fortunately for me, 
my dad, our house is right on the streets, right behind the club. And mm -hmm. actually, the, the wall of that club, the back wall, was right up against our house. And there was a, a lamp pole. And so me and a couple <laughs> other kids, we used to climb up the lamp pole because <laughs> it was like an open uh, yeah. there, and we could peep inside and see uh, see some performance. So who you saw? I saw James Brown. I saw a lot of the lot of the uh, stars back then. You didn't tell me that. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. What about the Rat Pack? Did they ever come? Uh, they came, but I don't remember them to the Cat and Fiddle. I think they came. They came, but I don't remember seeing them. I didn't see them on Cat and Fiddle, but they came to the Bahamas. Yeah. When, when would you say the Bahamas came like that? Uh, that that tourist spot that we know it is now. Like, was it a certain like? Or has it always been that way? Because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I, I want to go to the Bahamas. You know, they want to visit Atlantis and all. Like, when did that all happen? Well, well, good question. Well, the <laughs> the tourist thing start, um, we have a prime minister now. Before that, before we went independence, we had what we call a premier, um, which was a white gentleman then. And he actually started. Was he Bahamian? Oh, that was the British. He was Bahamian. Uh, he actually started the trend of going after, and that's when we got the name uh, for the rich and famous. They start coming then after we win independence in 1973. Um, and then we, now we have a prime minister. Uh, will that continue? Because tourism is our number one industry. And so, of course, it just is the, de the, de the development through the years. We kept you know, improving on what we had. Uh, in attracting more investors to build bigger hotels and those sort of things than Atlantis. Atlantis is a now we have uh, a new hotel called, a new development called the Bahama, which is a $5 billion investment that's going to rival Atlantis. Uh, it is absolutely beautiful. And uh, so uh, that's the biggest thing in the Western Hemisphere uh, right now. I didn't know that. I got a visit. So let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to... Um Living in a lighthouse. So, were you? Did you live in a lighthouse too? You didn't. With him? You didn't live in the lighthouse. <laughs> but I thought it was like a house attached to the lighthouse, okay, right? No, they had the, the lighthouse. <laughs> the lighthouse was there, and the lighthouse keepers had residence, which was okay. Regular houses, and then you know you do your duty. You're gonna have to climb up the lighthouse and and, and light the, the the light so the ships could see uh, at night. Could see the light and don't run aground. Yeah. But they usually locate in like rural areas, right? These lighthouses? Well, all of the islands because then the navigational aids uh, were not like it is today. Mm -hmm. So the lighthouse was the only uh nav yeah. so yeah. so no. So now just say for example if that light wasn't on, oh you could run aground very, very easily. Um mm -hmm. I'll give you an example my mother's uh, folks came from Bimini, mm -hmm. but they originally from another island called the Berry Islands, which is not too far from Bimini. So they moved from the Berry Islands to Bimini, mm -hmm. and they were shipwreckers. So they would give false signals to these ships, run them aground, and then they salvage all of the stuff off the ships. That's kind of hard. Right? Okay. That's so wait, wait. So wait, wait. Your, your dad parents, wait, uh, your mom, wait. That's my mom's side. Well, your mom's parents were shipwreckers. My mom's parents' parents, basically. Okay, yeah. her her so yeah. her grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. So they would ship wreck ships on purpose yeah. and steal from them. Yeah. So they were like pirates. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what were they stealing? Well, you a ship come in, you know, they're carrying goods, they're carrying mm -hmm. canned goods, they're carrying all kind of things. So whatever they whatever they salvage, they sell and. Now, hold on. So was this the only way for them, or they just decided 
this was this is gonna be way, there. but that was that was a, a main way of getting some additional stuff and so it just like prohibition where people used to make moonshine and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so the cops it wasn't like when the ship people come someone um stole all our goods ain't like oh i know who that is hold on well i <laughs> i didn't get any stories but that because the cops might have been in on it <laughs> <laughs> so they were in control of the lighthouse then uh well on that island they had a small lighthouse but like i said so they you just say you go there you get a big light and you just give the ship this false thing and you really stare them because when you turn the lights and it's the deep water and that's really the shallow water. And so they, they run up on the reef. So did they run in there with guns now? or Because there's still people on it there. There wasn't no guns. They just, they had knives? The ship, when the ship started sinking, half the stuff that was on the ship would start floating, basically. Mm-hmm. And the current would just push it up on the shore. Oh, so they would just wait. Whatever yeah, comes. They, they went out in small boats sometimes, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Either way, they would have get the goods. Okay, so now we're talking about bandits. <laughs> I remember that time when the barefoot bandit was running all through Bahamas, and right. he finally got caught. Right. What were y'all, t- you, you remember the Barefoot Bandit? He was, like, in Washington, and he was breaking the people's house barefoot still. It was like a teenager. You remember that? I don't remember, but it's Me and Emmanuel was obsessed with it. We was watching every story. So he ended up stealing a plane. He flew it to Bahamas, and then he was hiding out there for a while and finally got caught. What was the word on the street when he was around? Well, <laughs> the word on the street, we knew he came to the Bahamas. Of course, they were out looking for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stole the plane, he got to the Bahamas, and then he ended up stealing a boat. Mm-hmm. And they saw him. And so the defense force ran him down and they, they caught him. So is he in Bahamas or they extradited him? They extradited him. Oh, okay. Now, uh, now I got a chance to visit in uh, 2012. And when I visited... I think I had to go to I can't remember who whose farm it was. I can't remember. What the, yeah, it had to be yeah, yeah. But so growing up like cuz now you know we got a lot of processed foods and all that stuff. Yep. So, so you you did you eat like from from the farm <laughs> from the from the yep. land from yep. from the farm. Uh my grandparents that's what they did. For all of mm-hmm. their vegetables, mm-hmm. their cabbage and all this stuff, they grew they grew everything. Okay, mm-hmm. and so because if you if, just say you live in on Andres, the boat that came and brings supplies that wasn't every day, mm-hmm. you know that okay. was probably once a month. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you fish, and you farm. That was the two big things. Uh, we'll go out with my granddaddy, and I'm not talking about a fishing line. We caught fish with a net. My granddaddy would go on 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 the beach, on the shore, and he'll be looking, and he'll say uh, he'll tell me, Earl. Uh, Tell her, bring the net. Mm-hmm. It's a big school of fish coming. And I was a little yeah. boy, and I'd be looking, and I'm trying to figure, I don't see no fish. But we'll go out there and, and get the net in the water at a certain time. And when the fish get abreast the net, all of, the, all of us will run. And so the fish just head out, and we just close the net, and we just pull. We have hundreds of fish that we have to clean That's because right, now yeah. there's no refrigeration. Yeah, yeah. We had to clean all of those fish, yeah. give some to the neighbors. They cook them fresh, or we split them and we hang them on the line, and the sun would dry them. So that's what we, we used to do. So how do conch survive in Bahamas? Because the amount of conch that's consumed there yearly, how are they reproducing in time? Because I know it takes a while for them to fully develop. So how are they not extinct yet? I That's a very good question. <laughs> I always wondered how we still have conch in the Bahamas? Hey, we, we was in the Bahamas. Tell them the Bahamas. Huh? Get out. 
we was we was we were I, I always wondered why we still have conch because we consume it everybody consume it every restaurant every house everybody who comes to visit want to take conch back and so and there's no season it's year round um we used to be able to go on the beach and just walk out on the beach and pick up conch and i've done big size conchs now you have to go further out you have to go diving for conchs but they still have some of the islands in the south that they're they're right there so and they're slow producing um mm. take years for them yeah, to fully develop, yeah, to fully develop. so years. yeah so it's, it's amazing <laughs> that we still have conch so i that's a very good question i i will have to consult uh fisheries and find out What's oh. their thought? But I, I guess there are thousands of counts out in the deep side, and they probably migrate into shallow water. Now, the, the fact that you had to go out and, like, when I talked to my grandparents about going out and actually getting your food, do you think that that affected the way, like, you think that made you tougher, like, as a, as a kid? Like, you had to go, like, you had to go get food and, and you know, and, uh, and clean the fish and all like did it, it teach you a sense of responsibility like really early on like do you feel like most definitely yeah. there's no question about that and all kids had their chores you you didn't escape you didn't mm -hmm. you couldn't sit back and just wait for your parents to do it you were involved in the process we used to go to the farm with our uh, grandparents pick peas and all the kind of stuff we used to go in the night get, uh, get crabs we used to go fishing we used, we used to do all that but it gave you gave you a sense of being basically a sense of responsibility and you knew what responsibility is you couldn't just sit around and wait to get fed yeah. you had to help in the process like I, can, I can order on my phone right, right. now yeah and, tell them to come and so <laughs> so you see that's why my grandparents and their parents lived so long because it was no processed food and all this everything was fresh everything was healthy it was no uh, preservatives and all that kind of. I get an aunt and I'm just now she's like 90 something you go to she's still in the yard cleaning up and you know the faculties are there they don't wear glasses and you're trying to figure out how? Yeah. So we gonna go down your whole life. We gonna go. Um, we gonna get the college kids, marriage, all that. But let's go to high school. <laughs> let's go to high school. How were you in high school? Were you a nerd? Were you the prom king? Were you the? Are you a jock, as they say? Were you all in all I the was, sports? Uh, were you a bully? No, were you? I was. Did you get bullied? <laughs> no, I didn't get bullied. <laughs> Uh, I was I was like all of my friends that uh, I was always the slimmest guy in the group. Uh, when all of like my me. when all of my friends were weighing ninety pounds, I was at 60, 65. and so they called me Skeeter. That was my nickname then because I was so small, you know. But uh, nobody the bullying part. I was a great boxer uh, um, coming up. So. No, no bullying. As a matter of fact, me at 60 pounds you wasn't used, having that. <laughs> used to defend my friends that were 80, 90, 100 pounds. Uh, so, no, it was no bullying. So, did anyone ever try to bully you, though? Yeah, I had uh, one guy, two, two guys. Uh, one of these guys tried to bully me, uh, and he, you know, I end up choking him till he started to bleed at the mouth. And then I. You uh, <laughs> trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No, no, it wasn't gonna be none of that. Uh, yeah. Have, have you have you run into them after that? Yeah. And what they say to but you? See, back in the day, <laughs> uh, we would have a fight, and then the next day, you know, you say hello. It wasn't nobody trying to shoot you or kill you or mm. gang you. Uh, afterwards, that's just that's that was the times. So you fight and it's over with. Yeah. You know, you settle a dispute by fight, you lost. Oh, now, yeah. Now yeah. You can't yeah. So out of all your fights, have you ever lost a fight? No. <laughs> 
give it, I'll give is that this. ego speaking? No, no, no. Just, just <laughs> Fox. There's a, there's a, there's a. When we was in junior high school, uh, there was uh, these, we used to be playing around in boxing. We just draw a ring, and you know, in the dirt and boxing. So they were, uh, we were in school one day, and they were boxing, and this guy was beating everybody, and they said, "Oh, we know who could beat him, Skeeter." So they came in and got me, and we got over there, and of course, you know, I got in the ring. And the guy, he was bigger than me, but I was, I was always quick. Mm-hmm. And every time he, I just duck and hit him, bum, bum, hit him, hit him. And then the school was like, it was now too this sp- with gloves on, right? Oh, no. No, no <laughs> gloves. Um, so the school was like a two-story uh, school. So kids were all in the second story looking down at there. And then one of my best friends came, and he looked down, and he said, Skeeter. Do you know he's on our Olympic? Uh, he was one of our Olympic Olympians, our junior Olympian guys. And I looked up. I said, "What?" Boom! The guy almost knocked me out, right? Mm-hmm. Because he distracted me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I never lost. If I had another friend, his name is Junior. You met him when we went in now. So that oh, time and came at the, the restaurant. Guy, yeah. Uh, Junior is one of the toughest guys I ever know. We used to, we, you know, on Saturdays we used to make our own little Olympic team. We used to run. We used to, you know, wrestle and all this stuff. And we'll be wrestling. And I would have Junior, and I'd be choking him. He barely could be, so you give? No. He would never give. I have to literally let him go and run because he never wanted to lose, right? <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, yeah. So, no, I no, I never got bullied. Uh, yeah. My, my mom used to talk to me. I was really short of patience when I was growing up, and she used to talk to me every day. You That's can't go get, through bro. go through uh, life like that. And uh, finally, <laughs> no, also, I was about to ask you. So, did you ever get in trouble for fighting? You got suspended or anything? Or uh, no, really, because Daddy them really never found out. Because, like I said, we used to fight, and that was it. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so one time. There were areas like you know areas pockets just like how you got uh, Coconut Grove here in Miami and mm-hmm. Pembroke Pines whatever so you know you you from a certain area so that's where it was and so if somebody in that area got in a fight all the guys from that area would come and sort of help out so there was a place that used to, this area called Rock Crusher and there was a hall where we used to have a dance and this night we were there on Saturday and we were having a dance and I knew the guys from Rock Crusher and I knew the guys from Nassau Street because I lived in between. Yeah. And uh, a fight started between a guy from Rock Crusher and one from Nassau Street. Now, if you're in between, you don't want to get caught in between because the guy's going to say, oh, you with them, and you, this guy's going to say you with them. And so it got to the point, somebody, and Rock Crusher was right, the area was right behind where the building was where he's having it down. So somebody ran back in the area and said, they're having a fight with the guys from Nassau Street. So mothers, dads, everybody came with, Chains and stuff. Wait, the parents was fighting. <laughs> Every, everybody, not a lot of the parents. It's like more, Greece. More, more of the bigger brothers and yeah. stuff okay. like that came, right? And man, they start. Listen, so all of the the guys from Nassau Street start running. Well, I said, you know what? I better go with them because they can. So I start running with them, and then they caught a couple of guys, and they got they got really. Wait, what happened? The whole not trying to kill you? You talking about well, bats no, they, and chains? They, 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 Beating them, they ain't kill you, but you know, some guys got yeah. everybody didn't have chains, but some of them had some wood and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? And so, I ran for I, I'm telling you now, literally, I ran for, for about a couple of miles <laughs> to get where I could hike back home, right? <laughs> to the main street. And that, that's when I made up my mind. I said, you know what, I'm not gonna get into this kind of crap anymore. So, and that's when I started. So, when they first said it, you went to fight, huh? Or you just went to watch? No, we went to a dance. 
Okay, but I'm saying when you said someone came into the dance, said they fighting back there. That's what I'm saying. Did you go to fight or you went to watch? No, somebody. Okay, the guy from Rock Crusher and the guy from Nassau Street start fighting. At the dance. At the dance. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so what about sports in high school? Well, I played every sport. Basketball, track, softball. Now, which one cricket. were you good at? Um, <laughs> I was best at track. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I was also, I was all, always a speedster, so track was my my baby. Uh, I played basketball, always uh, really good at basketball too. But track and softball was uh, first one and two, and then and then basketball. Hold up, everybody, everybody, get your mid roll on. Sit back, relax, cause we got another one for you. Now I got something on my shoulder that I need to get off, and it ain't no chip. Don't you hate when you edit a project? And you just need to find that good stock video or stock photo. But you know you ain't trying to pay that much for it. Because we ain't got it. But that's where Video Blocks comes in. You see, with Video Blocks, you get studio quality stock for a fraction of the cost. And download all the stock video your heart desires from their member library, including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and more. Plus, save on millions of additional marketplace clips where the artists take home 100% of the sale price. Guess what? For the months of November and December... You get the triple bundle. That's right. That's video, audio, and images for the price of one for $149. So go to videoblocks.com backslash trap house to get all the stock video, audio, and images you can imagine for just $149. That's videoblocks, V I D E O B L O C K S dot com backslash trap house to save on millions of studio quality clips, tracks, and graphics. Now let's get back to the show. Peace! So there was really no football on no, the island like we didn't that. Have they foot, didn't football, play football or soccer. Okay. Okay. So in high school, once you got to your senior year and you was like, okay. No, no. I want to talk about you told me a time where you had a choice of going to Africa for right. a school trip. Right. Or your dad said you can open this shop that you wanted. Right. And so you had a choice. Why did you pick the shop over going to Africa? Well, I always was an entrepreneur from when I was small. I used to sell marbles. I used to sell kites. I was always thinking business. I don't know, maybe it was instilled by my dad because we always had business. We had bars, we had restaurants, uh, we had a chicken farm, we had a trucking business. So that, we always had a shop. So I guess that just got a part of me. And uh, I wanted to open up my own shop. And that trip came up at the same time. So my dad told me, well, you have a choice. You could take the money I'm going to give you to go on a trip. Or you could use it to open up a shop, what you want to do. So I said, and really why I didn't go, because my best friend, Frederick, who you met, um, he couldn't go. His parents couldn't afford it. And so I didn't want to go without him. So I said, I'll open up the shop. I might have still gone that route, but that, that helped push me to the shop more. And, like, and then I started thinking, I could always go to Africa, you know, but let me open up the shop and then, yeah. Now, what, what was in the shop? Well, back then, like how you go to the store now and buy your clothes uh, in the Bahamas, we, it was a lot of tailors. We made our pants. We made our suits. We made a lot of our clothes. And so I had a friend that was a tailor. So I told him, I said, listen, let's go in business together. So I sold all of the materials and the shoes mm -hmm. and all of that. He made all of this, the, the, the clothes. Yeah. yeah. How long did the shop last? Uh, it lasted about two years and then I went to college okay. and then he continued with more of the, uh, the, 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 the tailoring part. In the, in the two years that you had the business, what's like one of the most important things you learned? Um, I learned that 
a job, it's better to work for yourself because you are you're in full control. Mm. Boss talk. So when you went to college, did you did you still make profits from them since it was your shop? No. When when I went to college, I severed that part because I was in there to do my part. So you sold your part of the yeah, business to he him. Just, it was on, he just he rented the, the place because it was our. our, mm. our what was the name of it? Uh, it was uh, my friend. His name was Preston Roll, but his nickname was Pa Bay. And so everybody knew him, but so it was Pabe tailoring and 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 yeah. So we we used that because he had already had a following mm-hmm. from where he used to work before. So we used okay. that. Yeah. What, what what was your yearly profit? <laughs> Actually, we made we made I would say monthly. I made about six hundred dollars a month, which was mm-hmm. big money back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so let, let's go on to college. Now it's the 70s, right? What, right. what was it, 70 what? You I say? went to college in 1972. Whew, that's a long time ago. So what made you go to Savannah State? Were there other colleges you were looking at? Yeah, it, what, what, was there Savannah other colleges you wanted to go to Savannah or what? Savannah State was not in my plans. I, I didn't know anything about Savannah State. I was, uh, like I said, I was a sports guy, and I liked football. And I liked Oklahoma. Oklahoma was balling back then. Oklahoma and Michigan was balling back, but I liked Oklahoma. So I put in, and I was going to Oklahoma. And my one of my friends, one of my best friends, he went to Savannah State one semester, because I worked one semester, the first semester after we graduated, I worked uh, for three months. He went to Savannah State, because he had an uncle in Savannah, and that's how he got there to Savannah State. And so he called me, he said, oh, I said, I'm going to Oklahoma, I don't remember no Savannah State. And so he kept bugging me. Then he had his parents call my parents, because we were like brothers, you know. And so I said, listen, okay, after I said, okay, I'll come for one semester. If I don't like it, then I'll just go on to Oklahoma. So I went, and I loved it. Uh, what, I, what I liked about it was it was more intimate. It wasn't this big school with millions of people, and you were just a number. I knew everybody, and it was like family, and so I stayed. Uh, and you know, the rest is history. So, so that was was that your first time to Georgia when you went there? Yes, and that was my first time. How did you deal with the cold that first time? Well, <laughs> when I got there, uh, it wasn't cold, right? So, and I knew it got cold. You know, I got my I had my cold wear, and then one morning, we were we were in the bed, and because I never took. Seven o'clock class, and my class started at like ten. And so I, me and my roommate was lying in the bed, and the radio was on, and they were saying, "Oh, it's like two inches of snow downtown." Well, you know, we we thinking downtown was switched away, away, because <laughs> the windows was closed. We didn't even know, you know. And we looked out the window, and it is white. Okay, so obviously, okay, so we said, "Let's go to breakfast." Mm-hmm. And back then, the big thing was polyester was the big cloth that clothes is made of. So we're going, and I stepped out of the door. And when that cold rushed up my leg, <laughs> I went back inside. <laughs> and so I went back in and I put on my long johns because I had all this stuff, you know, and then gloves and stuff. And then we went to the dining hall and we had breakfast. And my roommate said, well, there ain't going to be no class today. I said, well, ain't going to be no class today for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> So, we didn't so, go to, we so didn't you go to were class. in dorms, y'all, we were, y'all roommates. I stayed in the dorm for the first two semesters, I think, before I got my apartment, yeah. So how was the dorms? Were y'all in one room together? Y'all yeah. each had your own room? No, one room together, and you had two beds 
on either side of the room. Yeah. Did the and, hall share a bathroom? Oh yeah, it was it was shared bath. You know, private bath. You had to go down the hall to get in the shower. Jeez. We yeah. we had a good at Metro Point because no no. What was your major? My major was business and accounting. And it always was that. You always. never switched, never switched. it. I That's what, what you wanted to do I forever. knew what I wanted to do when I went to school. I wanted to be a business major because that was my interest, business, always. Even when you was a child. Even when I was a child, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, let's get to um, meeting my mom. So, when, when, what year was that? And I hear this famous story. When you first met her, you said that you're going to be my wife to her. And she said, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> Yeah, so I went to school in 72. I met your mom in 75. And what we used to do back then was we got to school and the freshman class would come in and we would go by the girls' dorm and we would just look and see all of these girls, you know, going Sound by. like us outside the know. club when we and was freshmen. So <laughs> I went to well, you know. You know, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Huh? I was, back in 75, I was there, bro. So we went to the dorm. And what we did, the dorm had like a big foyer area, and we played cards. So that was a good pastime for, for what we did. So we went to the dorm, and she had a part-time job working with the uh, dorm director. And so I saw she was behind the desk, okay? And uh, so I, I looked, and, yeah, cute, cute lady. Boom, boom, boom. But before that, like the day or two before I saw her, my roommate and I was walking through the dorm and we met her roommate, which was Barbara. And so my room, my roommate was talking to her, you know, da 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 da. And so, like a, probably like three, four days later, we were in the park, and they were walking, going to the store, and my roommate called Barbara, come on over. So Barbara started to come over, and so my wife, well, Diane at the time, she sat on the bench over there so I said you could come over too so she looked at me like you must be crazy you know that kind of look and so I said you can play crazy all you want to you you're going to be my wife one day you and she just looked at me like I'm crazy so that was uh, the beginning of all of that that's called claiming what you want people yeah. that's a gym right there speaking into existence yeah <laughs> so so how did it get started then well, how so, did, how okay did now now going? that I said that she she saw me I saw her um she know me now, I mean, by face. So, you know, we go to the dorm, we play in cars, she work into the dorm, and of course, you know, we are loud, you know, being is we loud, you know, we, you know. So she thought I was loud and all that. So, and then uh, one day I just, I went up to her and I said, you know, start to talk to her. And then, so I go, of course, she wasn't letting me in her dorm room. Um, so I went to the window and I'm talking to her through the window, so there. And so, there's like uh, maybe two weeks later after that, there was a dance. You know, we had a lot of dance on campus. So her, her roommate, and about four of them, they came to the dance. And I was uh, right at the door. Matter of fact, there was uh, our club dance. So I was at the door when they came in, and of course I saw her, and I said, Helen, as soon as she came in, I said, let's dance. Mm -hmm. So she danced, and we danced, and we kept dancing, and then, uh, You remember the song? The rest of the girls, no, I don't remember the song. <laughs> the rest of the girls were, uh, might have been Brick House, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you had an afro then. <laughs> oh, yeah, afro then. And I think uh, when they were getting ready to leave, I said, why you don't have to go? So she said, no, I'll stay because she was having a good time. And I walk back to the dorm, and then we just start talking from there. And all the rest is history. Okay. So you basically been in a relationship since 75. 
<laughs> That's a long relationship. But <laughs> but you was what three years? You so you was a junior when she was a freshman, she right? Was, I was a junior. So by the time you Julia. left, y'all still was dating, and yeah. where did you go? Um, so you left once you graduated. Right. She still had what, a year and a half. Year and a half left. Where were you now? So I left. I went home. Um, my dad had five interviews set up for me. I said, Dad, I'm not working for two months. I just want to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went home. The next month, I went back to Savannah State to visit her. Came back. I went on my interviews, and all I had the first interview was at a bank. I'd never wanted to work for a bank. They offered me the job. Then I went to um, the hotel I used to work to in the summers on Christmas. Uh, Nassau Beach Hotel was the leading hotel at the time. I didn't, I didn't want to work for them because I know it's going to be in sales to give you a beeper. You had to work every holiday and holiday and weekends because that's when all the groups were there. A beeper. Yeah. You know that. A beeper. <laughs> so I did, I turned that down. And then I went to this other firm, this gentleman. We, the Bahamas had just started this real property tax because we, we never really paid tax. And so this was a new uh, department. One guy, he, he got a higher whole staff. He offered me the job to be his assistant. And I'm, I'm saying, oh, I'm a young boy at college. He's going to kill me. And no. Then I went to tourism, and they offered me the job. And I, I took that job. And the thing about it now they were posting young Bahamians overseas. And so the director said, well, Mr. Miller, you know, because they did a training before they posted, I just missed it, and the next training wasn't coming up for months. So he said, well, where are, where are we gonna post you? What about uh, New York? I didn't show no facial expression, but I, I didn't wanna go to New York, because I know it's cold and all of that. So I said, uh, Mr. Bethel, are there any other choices? So he said, what about Chicago? And I'm saying, this man, it's just worse, you know? <laughs> And then he said, oh, what about Florida? So I just said nonchalant. I said, I'll take Florida. When I get outside, yes, because that's exactly where I wanted because I had family in Florida. It was close to home. And, you know, so that was – and Kay was there. My young Kay was there in Florida. Wasn't Toronto on the list too? You said yeah. Toronto? Yeah, all of those cold places, no. So, I mean, if you didn't get Florida, where would you have chose out of those three? Well, if I didn't get Florida, then it really wouldn't have mattered because – I didn't want to go any of those places, you know. Well, I'm saying if you had to choose out of those Well, three. if I had to choose, it wouldn't have been New York. I probably would have gone, I would have taken probably, uh, uh, I would have asked for Atlanta. He didn't offer that, but I would have asked for Atlanta because I've been to school there in Georgia mm-hmm. and I had friends and you know, all that. But out of the three, <laughs> which one would you have chose? Out of the three, <laughs> I think I probably would have taken New York. New York? Yeah. Uh, why New York? Because yeah, New York is a big city and it's, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, so now my mom graduated. So she, did she come to live with you since she graduated, or how? Did Are you it? crazy? <laughs> Back in the day, do you know Gladys Hill? What? Never. No, she graduated. Um, she went back home, and she got a job. I was working, and of course, you know, we're still communicating. And then we start talking about marriage. So I said, "You pick the date." She picked the date, and I said, "You know." So, well, how did you propose? It was no proposal or anything. Uh, well, we were talking about it, and I said, "Yeah, yeah." I didn't propose the traditional way. I told her. I, I told her before. I said I was looking for a, mo- uh, a lady like my mom if I wanted to get married. The qualities of my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And she had all of those qualities. You will never see her to a dance. You will never see her after classes. You didn't see her. She went back to her room, studied, and she basically. Stayed. You might, you know, every once in a while, I'll go in and say, let's go to the basketball game. I don't like force her to go to the basketball game with me, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. So, 
and then she was a caring person. So, and then I went to Georgia and met her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that, you know, and then I just said, let's let's do it. Now, did Granddad George give you a hard time? No. How was that when you first met they them? They were they were beautiful beautiful people, man. So you know you hear people say, oh. I didn't like their mother-in-law and stuff. Oh no, I love George. Was a really nice guy. Even glad, you know, mm-hmm. strong-headed as she is, she was. Mm-hmm. He was great. So he yeah. didn't ask you no tough questions and try to show you his shotguns. He got up in his room. No, none of that. no, I didn't have anything because I went and then the second time when I told him I, you know, I want to marry. I, I asked them if I could have their daughter. Mm-hmm. And the old-fashioned way, like my dad them did, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What about her brothers? What about Uncle Barry? Uncle. They didn't try to give you a hard time? No, nope, nobody gave me a hard time. What about Lolly? <laughs> no, I think Lolly, Lolly liked me because she met me. She came down homecoming and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I was a respectful type person. I wasn't, you know, you know that it's boastful and, you know, yeah. So so how many years was it when y'all got married? Like, y'all was dating. So y'all started dating, what, 75? Yeah. How long, how many years was it until y'all got married? We got married in 1980, 1980, 81, 80. Five, five, six years. Okay, and you got married in Macon, her home. Got married in Macon. Yeah, my folks came up. They they chartered a big bus and they drove to Macon. We got married in Macon and uh, we had a um, reception. And the next day, I had a van. I packed up our stuff and we came to Florida. <laughs> so we get out of here. Getting out of here. <laughs> So at that time you already had a house in, in yeah, Miami. I had a house. So this uh, was the house in, uh, next to JoJo House. Uh huh. Yeah. So this was you bought this house. No, this I was renting. I rented mm-hmm. the house then because it was only me. I didn't. I didn't buy a house. So after uh, she came down, she got a job working at uh, at the bank. She was an auditor at the bank, and then of course uh, she got pregnant with Chaz. Mm-hmm. We're still in the house. Was this planned or was this a mistake? No, no, we, we planned it. Um, we wanted to, you know, do it early, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, how, old you? how old were you at this time? 27. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Chaz, uh, Chaz came along. We're still in the house. And then I started saying, okay, I want to I wanna buy a house. So I started looking. And then I saw a house close to one of my family members, a corner lot, three-bedroom, two-bath house. And so um, they had it up for sale. I called them, made an offer. And so the gentleman told me, the realtor said, no, they couldn't sell it for that. So I said, okay, thank you. And then he called me back like a week later, said, if I still want the house, I said, you have my offer? He said, okay. And so I got the house. And then after that, camp came along. So that was El Patel, that house yes. you're talking about. Yeah. So did y'all always plan to have two? Or did y'all want more? I really wanted, I really did. I wouldn't mind having uh, actually three kids, mm-hmm. even four. But I traveled a lot. And that created initially no Diane didn't have no family here. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, I had Kay here and I had family here, so they helped. And but I didn't. I never wanted to be a burden. I wanted to have the responsibility of raising my own kids, and you know, everybody need help. But mm-hmm. I travel a lot, and so I remember sometimes coming back for a trip, and I mean landing, and I'm having the speed to get to the, the school to pick chairs up. You know, so if the flight was late, then that created another problem. I had to call, and then luckily. When Chaz was young, we had the first babysitter we had, what was lucky for us was like four doors down from our house. So that was good. But one day I was talking to my neighbor and he said, did you know the lady who keep your son, they had little problems, some thing with kids and some, I, I didn't even want to know what it was. 
I went and got Chaz. I told Diane, <laughs> you got you to know, find someplace else. So I called our cousin Catherine. I mm-hmm. said, do you know anybody in the church that, that babysit or keep children? So she said, oh, yeah, I know uh, this lady, Miss, Miss Holt, right? And mm-hmm. luckily again, right around the corner, like four doors down that, again. That's like a three-minute walk. Yeah, I went <laughs> there and met her. And I mean, you know, they say your spirit just take. I mean, it was just instant, like, yeah, this is it. And she started keeping uh, jazz and was like, grandparents, okay? I didn't have the rush to get there for 6 o'clock to pick him up. If I get there and he was asleep, she, they said, leave him alone. You said, yeah. And then they used to cry to go on the weekends. Sometimes on the weekends, they come and get them, you know? Mm-hmm. No extra money, but I always gave extra money, but they didn't charge. See, that's my early memories as a child, that house right there. Yeah. So who, who named us? Was it you came up with the names? Or the, I came up with Chaz. And there was actually, Chaz's uh, name came from a cologne. It was a cologne named Chaz. And I think it was after one of these stars named Chaz. And I like that name. And so. Um, what star? Uh, actor. Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so I said. I, I, so then I came up with the name Chaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always thought, I always heard that Chaz was short for Charles, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it didn't come from that. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so what about my name? Your name came up. Uh, we, we debated back and forth, and I think Diane picked your name. And I liked it too, so I said, yeah. So and what then, was the other options? <laughs> uh we ran through several names. We even we had a book too, and we started looking through the book just to look for something totally different than everybody else had, um, because I didn't know anybody. I don't think I knew anybody who had carrying the name Cameron at the time. Mm-hmm. And then after we named you Cameron, pfft, oh yeah, everybody ah, was like, you yeah, know, they wanted to follow great. So. <laughs> so that was it. So what about Chad's middle name? Because you named his middle name after your dad. Right. Was that you always wanted to do that? Yeah, that I wanted a, to keep. The family name going. So my dad's name is Arlington Livingston. My name is Earl Arlington. Actually, my name is Arlington Livingston, but my grandmother gave me the name Earl because Wait. one of our sons died. <laughs> Wait, so your real name all these years ain't yeah. Earl? No, it is. It is. <laughs> no, what I'm saying. Say. My daddy named me when I was born. He wanted it to be Arlington Livingston. So you wanted a junior, basically. Basically. Okay. But my grandmother said, give me, give me Earl. So they, they took it. Because one of the one of his brothers died, so they wanted to keep it in the family. And his name was Earl. No, yeah. oh. his, his brother who died was named Earl. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Earl. See, I always have this thing about naming kids these older names because Earl fits you now. You're a grown man, but as a kid, seeing this no, baby it, saying it, Earl it, or no, Claude, it, it fitted me then because that was that was the name. The common like, names. Like Cameron yeah. would be a name now and. Brandon and these new names, mm-hmm. uh, like everybody's fusing the dad and the mom's name. You know mm-hmm. that was now when they grow up and the kids, what that you know that'll be plaze. You know, it's like if you look at a picture when I took a picture back in high school and you laugh, but that was the thing back then. You can look at these things you wear now, ten years from now, say. I look at what yeah. I wore in high school. Like. Yeah, yeah. So that's just <laughs> it's it's just timing. Timing is you know. Oh, all right. Um is about kids like did you ever think you was like ready or do you think you're never ready you just kind of jump into it and 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 you know make it work uh well marriage i think you have to you have to come to a point in your life 
when you're getting married, you have to be saying you have to be ready for right, it yeah, yeah. because marriage bring. You'll see some folks they'll live together for ten years, they'll get married, and the next year they, they split up. And why is that? Because now you confirm the responsibility, and it's it's just different. Mm -hmm. So you have to be ready for marriage, and it's it's a uh, you give away. Not really give away, but that's used for lack of a better word right now. Give away your independence because it ain't just you now. You have a wife, you have a husband, whatever. So you have to think a little differently. When I, like I used to bowl three nights a week. I used to bowl Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So now I get married, I had to give up a couple of the bowling nights. I still bowl on Monday. Mm -hmm. But now you have to be ready for that because you're going to say, well, I can't go with my, or your friends call you now. You can't. Hey, I'm married now, guy, <laughs> you know. So when did you know you was ready to get married? Well, when growing up, I was a party mongrel. I went to all the parties. I went to nightclub, and I had fun. You know, I enjoy. I worked, but I I, I enjoyed my time. You know, mm -hmm. I, I partied. I had fun, and da, 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 da. But it comes a time. You have to make the next step. It just comes a time, and you have to be able to you know. That you just like you're gonna find some of your friends that you went to school with. They're still trying to do things the way they did it back ten years ago. Yeah. They didn't make the next step. So they can get left behind and they can just be out of, out of the loop. Um, so I was ready. And I, you know, I wanted um, kids too. You know, I wanted kids. But I never wanted outside kids like, you know, girls from college. She in Virginia and I'm in Bahamas. No. Mm -hmm. I wanted my kids to me. I wanted to raise my kids. Because, you know, kids, you look at your parents and you say, you might say what you want to. You're going to find yourself saying and doing some of the things your parents instilled in you because that's where you learn. Okay, my dad was a man. When I said that's that was my idol. I didn't look at I didn't look at no stars and the, that was my role model right there. Because when my dad came from Anderson Nassau, he he didn't have no money. He built everything from scratch. It wasn't nothing wasn't given to him. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that. So So how was it raising us? Cause they always say I was bad as a kid. As a uh, <laughs> I'm talking about toddler age. They say I was the bad one. Well, so how was it raising bad, us? <laughs> I mean, if you don't use the word bad, I say mischievous. Okay, uh, but y'all weren't. Y'all didn't really give us any problem. It was just you know, mischievous things, you know. And so that was it. Like you say, Cameron, don't do that. Next thing you know, Cameron will be on the table with his foot on this table here and his head on that, thing, and he's rolling. How do you think for that kind of stuff? You know, <laughs> so those ghost kind of stuff. You know, uh, used to scare my wife uh, a lot, and then you know they'll be playing, and I said, let them play. You know, so um, I said, hey, men, yeah, I don't want no. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't talk like that these days. <laughs> oh, so tell them that story. You so you always talk about. I wanted to, two stories. One, Chaz had a bird. And then when we got older, because the bird, you said, escaped. But when we got older, you told us the real story about the birds. So tell that story. Well, the real story <laughs> about the bird was <laughs> I told my um, my aunt, she, you know, all of them, and they, they buy gifts for all the kids. And, you know, I said, don't buy them no bird. Because she was starting to mention that she wanted to. I said, no, don't buy them no bird because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to clean the bird and feed the bird, and I don't want to be doing that. So anyway, she bought the bird for several of the kids uh, in the family. Get the two the birds in the room, and they love the bird. And then, you know, of course, the birds, they flopping around their feathers. All these, you got to clean the cage. and oh, They did it for the first two weeks. Then after that, 
don't fit. They don't do it. So one day I was cleaning the cage. I, you know, I'd take it to the cage or to the garage and clean it. And the garage door was open. I had a big tree right there by the garage. And all of a sudden, like, it was hundreds of these little pirates, the same ones we had in the cage. They were on the ground, flying around. And the thought came to my mind, ooh, these birds are family. <laughs> so I opened up the cage. <laughs> And I let them go. <laughs> 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 now, the thing about it was, of course, you know, when you buy birds, they clip the wings yeah. a little bit so they can't really. So, but we had them for a while, so I guess the wing started to get whatever. And so the first time he tried to go up, he couldn't get up. Oh, I felt really bad then. I said, oh, I need to go get him back. And he tried again. And then the third try, he made it. So, that's it. Took that, clean that cage out, and I told Chaz that they got out. Chaz, they cry. No, I said, Chaz, they got out. <laughs> so what you're saying as a parent, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You talking about crying, because I named it Webster. Webster. Know? I was like, man, every time I came home, I went straight to the room to see it. And then when he told me that, the next time I went outside, I saw the, the parrots. And I was just like, man, one of them Websters. So I tried to catch him, but I couldn't. See, was I born yet? I don't remember this bird. No, you wasn't born yet. Okay, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it so wasn't important. Tell him the story about, you said, you always tell a story about when I had a fever or something and it scared you. Oh, yeah. we You had a fever, and so checked you. You was hot, real hot. So How old was I? One, yeah, but oh, one. I know that. And so we, you know, doing the compress, and, it, and the fever sort of stabilized a little bit. So I put you on the, uh, in the bed, and I'm still doing that, and turned the air conditioner up a, a, down a little lower. And I was checking you every five minutes. I would check you. And ran in there, and I, and all of your eyes just rolled in the back of your head, and I mean, you were burning up, right? So I called the ambulance. Luckily for us, the, the hospital was. Pfft, drive probably five six minutes away and i took i'd say chess stand right outside the door so when the ambulance comes you flag them down so i was getting them putting them so the ambulance came got me an ambulance and we went to the hospital i didn't call my wife because if i she was to work she would probably crash coming to the hospital so we got to the hospital and gone to the emergency room they put him in the back right away and the fever was high and they said okay they might have to the doctor told me he might have to take a needle and, and put it in his spine. And st I said, it would be none of that. None of that. And then this wasn't my, uh, you know, primary doctor. And so they took him and they um, got a, a tub of ice with water. And they put him in the water with the ice and, they, you know, they brought the fever down. And then afterwards, uh, actually, I still didn't call Diane because I wanted to make sure everything was okay. Because I said, okay, we the hospital, but everything is okay. Uh, but my neighbor called Diane because they worked they worked at uh, the post office you know yeah so that was yeah that so was, was she mad at you for not calling no not really she basically I told her why I didn't call because I said you know I had to get to the hospital I couldn't be thinking about calling you and then you panicking I got to worry about you driving and you know I gotta take care of one thing at a time yeah so any more stories that we don't know about well, I was growing up that you haven't told us. Well, no, I mean, you all know, you know, you know the story about me leaving Chaz at the bowling alley. <laughs> no, know, I was there for that. You know, uh, you know the story about me. Hold on, hold on. No, no, 
no, no, no, no, no, no. We're not going. We're not going to pass over that. <laughs> Let me. Go, I want to hear from <laughs> from you. I heard bits and pieces, but I want to hear why why you left him at the bowling alley. Okay. Remember, he said he was impatient. So we used to go to the bowling alley, Cover Leaf, like every what Friday, right? Every Friday, and I would go for the arcade. I'm young, Chaz, I think middle school or something? Yeah. yeah. I'm elementary. I'm just in there playing, and then it's time to go. My dad said, go get Chaz. So Chaz talking to some girl. So I'm like, hey, daddy said, let's go. So he's like, all right, I'm coming. So, you know, I go at daddy waiting. He like, where you at? I said, I told him. He like, go go get him. Say, let's go. So I go back. Chaz still talking. like, yeah, I'm coming. And then he's getting mad. He's like, tell him come now. We leaving. So we, I like, we not leaving. So we go to the car. He like, he waiting outside. He like, he started pulling. I'm like, hold on, hold on, let me go get him. No, let me go get him. He pull off and he's now he's speeding. He mad. <laughs> so then he called my aunt and she wasn't even at the COVID leaf at the time. She she was still at her house. He like, he like, Kate, go get that boy. No, I left no, 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 no. I didn't call her. I, I got home. Her. No, I got home. <laughs> and Diane said, wait, Chaz. I said, I don't know. I left him at the bowling alley because I told him to come and he didn't come. And now Tiama was crying. And so she called Kate. I said, well, you and Kate, but I don't know. So then Kate went back to the bullet and get him. I was in, I was in check for that. <laughs> so she got mad at you for that, I'm for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, she got mad. <laughs> Listen, one man fed up. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you so mad? Because <laughs> you told him. Because I told, I sent a camera to go get him like five minutes before we finish. I said, tell him we're going to be finished in five minutes. We finished. I'm packing up. You know, I get put my shoes and bowl. And he went back again. And he said, let's go. And then another time, we were coming home. Uh, and I told him, I was talking to him, and he want to back talk me. I stopped the car. Get out. Get out. <laughs> and I got home. Dying, so we, I said, I don't know. Drop him off down the road somewhere. So she had to go get him. I remember that when she came in. Don't you ever leave my son. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> man, crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so before we end this, let's talk about traveling. So your job is traveling. Did you know that going into it that you gonna have to be traveling, or did you volunteer? Well, I know the, you like tra- at the beginning. It wasn't as much traveling. That beginning was um, pushing the Bahamas, and during those days travel agencies were very prominent, right? They were, they probably booked 90% of all travel. So and you go to any mall, you see four or five mm-hmm. travel agencies. Mm-hmm. And so our jobs was to go and, and meet with travel agency and let them know what the Bahamas have to offer and all the specials and da 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 And then, um, but I never wanted to do that part of it. So I tried to uh, stay away from it. And we had an agency called the Bahama Reservation Service. So my training start on that side where we booked all of the hotels in the island. So you wanted to go, you call this 800 number and we booked the hotels. So I stayed there, and first year, next year I was a supervisor, and then I just moved up the ranks, and then finally, we, they pulled me over, they wanted to put me in another section, which in that section they were transferring people all over the place. So I, again, you might end up in Chicago or something. And then an opening came in accounting, so I said, listen, they knew I had a background in accounting, so I went in accounts, and then they were starting the sports department, which is my baby. And so I pioneered that and started that whole thing. And uh, and then the traveling started. So we had to go to New York and Toronto and all over the world promoting the Bahamas. Yeah. What's your uh, – you have a favorite place you've been? I was going to say favorite and worst. 
least favorite? Um, my favorite place probably was France and Italy because it was different. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been all through the United States. Um, worst place. I wouldn't say anything was worse, but I mean, I went to Virginia, and every time I went to Virginia was during the cold time because a couple of shows I mm-hmm. went to, we didn't even have the show because people couldn't come out, mm-hmm. you know. So I would say that's worse, but not worse for yeah, yeah, yeah. mean reason, yeah, just because it was cold. Is there a place you want to go right now? What's your number one destination now? Right now, I want to go to Africa. What part? Um, Zimbabwe. I want to go to Africa too. That's my favorite. That's my number one destination. But I want to go to Egypt. I want to see the pyramids. I want to go to Ethiopia for the women and the food. I want to go to Morocco because it's beautiful when you look yeah. at Morocco. Yeah. And then definitely South Africa. But Zimbabwe too. Why no, Zimbabwe? I, no, I just that's just sometimes things happen you just want to do. Uh, so I just want to go because I've been the the common people. A lot of the common people came from, right? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to go. But any part of Africa, basically, you know, I, I want to go to more than one part. Because if you, just, you go to South Africa, you're more like in the city, in the, the richer part, you know. Mm-hmm. So you need to see both sides to, to have a feeling for what Africa is all about. So where were you, where was the trip in um, high school? What part of Africa was that? Do you remember? I think they were going to um, not South Africa. Name some more. The area. Uh Cameroon and um, Nigeria. 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 Yeah. Okay. And why you think? Cause I talked to a lot of black people, and a lot of black people don't want to go to Africa. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to go where it all started, the the motherland? Why you think that? Um, I, a lot of people have misconception of what Africa is all about. A lot of people still think Africa is just primitive and just mm-hmm. desert and. And, and and wilderness and you know wild animals attacking you you know just like your mother and I say honey you could go to Africa you you wouldn't even see a lion you wouldn't even see a giraffe you know what I mean but if you want to you could go to safari and see it you don't have to do it it's just like when we go and I go zip lining she don't do it but it's there you know and so I think that's the problem people have this misconception of what Africa is you know now did you know that just your, your other son over there on the couch that he don't have a travel bug like that did you know that did you know he don't want to go nowhere yeah I know and he, I know you have a little uh, bug about flying and yeah, you know that yeah. that will definitely hamper you because uh, those are long flights they are um, uh, he like Diane I, I, my wife I keep telling her I say I'm glad you're not like your parents or like whether your mother and your some of your family who scared of flying because you would get left behind because <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, no, yeah. Life is all about experiences. And if you go anywhere, if you go around the rich and famous and you sit down at the table with them, I could guarantee you 90% of their conversation is about travel. Travel, yeah. And the other is about business. Yeah. So I have two more questions before I'm done. Um, now that you, what, 63 now? 63. 63. Looking back on life now, in hindsight, what's the best advice you ever got? The best advice I ever got was to be a man and to be responsible. You have to make your way for you. You can't depend on anyone. And when I say that, everybody in life is going to need some assistance sometime. And so when I say everybody have had help, 
your teacher helped you. Your teacher helped mold you. Now, even though you might have gone to school, you had to pay. Your parents might have to pay. But I'll give you an example. Just say you're the richest man in the neighborhood. You're the richest person in the city. And everybody else is dirt poor. Guess who probably going to be probably the most unhappiest person in the city? It'll probably be you because you're going to have to be on your guard 24 hours because everybody can be trying to rob you. Everybody can be coming to you for something. Everybody, so it's gonna be, you just can't be free and, and, and loose and do what you want to do. But if everybody have a little bit, they ain't checking for you. But again, when I say everybody need help, say that same, you're the richest person in that city and you have what we call a cesspit. And I'm using this for make it really graphic. And it overflow. And you need me, who have the business, to come and you know, pump it out. And I say no. Guess what? You still need me. You're paying me, but you need me. Because mm -hmm. you can't do it, and you don't have the equipment to do it. So everybody needs help. And that's, I think sometimes people get to go to college to get a degree, and they're doing pretty well. And they figure, oh, I don't need nobody. And you'll hear some women say this, too. I, I don't need no man because I have a job, and I take care of myself. Yeah. But it, it's a natural order put here by God that we need each other. You can't get around that. We, we have to have each other. That's just the way it is. And if you wake up tomorrow morning and there's no more humans around, you'll spend every moment of your life looking for another human being mm -hmm. because and, we were made for each other. And also at 63, because it's this, <clears throat> this is saying, uh, me, and, me and Cam watch a lot of this uh, business guy, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's, he's 42 now. And he said at 42, he still feels like he's like 28. 30. Exactly. So how do you feel at 63? The same way. He said, if, he, said if, he said, if I could get everybody to understand how they'll feel at this age, you'll be a lot more patient with, with the yeah. things that you I feel, because I wake on. up sometimes and I, I tell them, you believe I'm 63? I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. feel 63. I don't feel, yeah, yeah. You know, I see a lot <laughs> of my friends that I went to school with, and they see me and they say, Earl, you haven't changed. You, you look the same. You da-da-da-da-da. Mm -hmm. I said, well, listen, stay away from stressful situations. Please. Don't put on 500 pounds. Because the weight wear on your organs, mm -hmm. it, your ankles, your knees, your, your whole stuff, and then you just, you know, and then a lot of our folks, they settle for situations, okay? Mm -hmm. They mightn't be doing well right now, but they just settle and complain. Okay, you know you need some more money. What are you doing about it? Yeah. It ain't gonna just come by you complaining. You have to go there and make a way, you know? <coughs> T tell them about the legacy thing, too. Remember you were saying you was talking to older people? Uh, Here. Uh, yeah, there was a uh, there was a study done. They, they were interviewing a ninety-five year old, I believe, uh, and the it asked some different questions like, "What's the one thing in life you wish you'd done differently, or whatever?" And they said they wish they would have done more things that they would have been remembered by. So pretty much about uh, legacy. How do you feel about uh, yes, legacy? Yes, when you get older, <coughs> you start thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. You start mm -hmm. thinking about legacy. You start thinking about what I'm going to leave for my kids. Mm -hmm. Well, how are they going to remember me? Because after all, at the end of the day, that's it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to be known as a as a mean person. You don't want to be known as a bad parent. You don't want to be known as a boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. So your legacy is very important. Because actually, at the end of the day, uh, I had an uncle who was a preacher, and he said, you know, Earl, they should have funerals the way people live. I mean, actually, the way they live. If they were, if they were a hog and mean person, that's the kind of funeral they should have. So, because, you know, you go to a funeral yeah. and everybody says, oh, he's such the a nice stuff. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You only talk about the good stuff, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, legacy is very, very important. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's God, it's family, and that's, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah. Any more questions?
Okay, my last question is then uh, the toughest question you're going to get asked, who's your favorite son? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> you got to let him answer. <laughs> that don't have nothing to do with it. my mom and dad you know can i have a, a brother or sister because everybody on the block i was playing with had siblings so you need to thank me based on the conversation he planned to have three or four so this was it's going to happen regardless of you or not he planned to have three or four <laughs> exactly that don't mean it was going to happen now because they was they was pretty content j just with me well that's the easy way to solve this let them answer <laughs> well Chaz was right in that <laughs> he, he was right when he came in and he was begging for a brother um actually like i said I, I i wouldn't mind having three or four kids but our situation with traveling and all of that and then that's why the span is so between mm -hmm. the two of them and i said you know and after he came and, and all that and i tell Dan, you know really i i don't want to have what i want him to have because my if you know me and how my sisters and how close we are I didn't want them to miss out on that, having someone, close, yeah. right? And so we, yes, when we. So basically, adjust. both of them are your favorite. Both of them are your favorite. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Well, technically, uh, Cam's my favorite, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, what's up? What's up, Chad? Love you, man. How you doing over there? <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, uh, thank you, Mr. Miller, Mr. Earl Miller. Uh, for being on the podcast, Comedy Trap House. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you got some good life lessons. Oh, oh, that, well, okay. We'll, we'll we'll end it with that. Um, so I'm a fan of Chaz and Speed. Uh, I, I've seen them take off before, and it actually blew my mind. I had never seen anything like that. And so they tell me that you were faster than them at one point. I don't know if it's still the truth. But do you think you can hold your own right now? I can hold my own right now. I'll right. challenge anybody in a 40-yard dash right now. You heard it. Yes. Now, see, now, it was a couple years back where they had the 50-year-old and up race at the track, and you wasn't looking too sharp. You won, but at the end, your knees, you was holding your knees. Well, <laughs> you was <okay>. hurt. <laughs> well, well, okay, and that would be the case here, too. The thing is, you're not in shape. Okay. Fair enough. I can still do it. You can still do it, yeah. But I'm going to be sucking wind at the end, at the end of it at the end of because it. I'm not in shape. But you're going to get through it. That's what I'm going to get through it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what it's about. You know what? That's what it's about in life. Yeah. You get through it. You might yeah. hurt at the end, yeah. but you go through it. So he he racing me before I leave. 40-yard dash. We're going to go out in the parking lot. We're going to record it. We're going to see what happens. Yep. I never raced him. He raced Chaz and beat Chaz, but I'm going to race him now. Let's see. There you go, father-son race. Uh, thank you guys again. Uh, remember, snap out. Go watch that. LOL Network out. Go check out that podcast every Tuesday. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Comedy Trap House. And uh, we out of here. Peace.